0: This episode is brought to you by Source Point Press, with 10 titles a month available through your local comic shops, including Ogres, The Rejected, Nora, and Franklin and Ghost, soon to be a brand new animated series. Check out SourcePointPress.com for preview codes, merch, and special deals. Go to your local comic shop now and ask for all your Source Point Press titles. SourcePointPress.com.
1: elegant weapon for the more civilized age.
0: And gentlemen, welcome to an alligator weapon episode 357. My name is Jay, JM Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross, a Ross Jedi Jay, and as always, it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the Smoking Pod Studio. Happy New Year, kids. Happy 2020. Holy shit, we made it through another year. Isn't this exciting? Lots of cool stuff coming up. 2019 was insane, so we got a lot to make up for. Good times, bad times. All-around crazy times. Uh, We've been talking the past few weeks with our co-pilot Sam Noir. We've been delving into a whole lot of Star Wars because there's been a whole lot of Star Wars going on. But something happened that made me remember. We're also an independent comic book podcast, aren't we? And that's the fact that I was nominated by the Independent Creator Awards for Best On-Air Personality. Isn't that goddamn insane? And the show itself was nominated for Best Indie Comic Series. Um, man, I'm absolutely honoured. I've interviewed hundreds of you independent creator knuckleheads over the past eight years, and it's very cool to be recognised for it. So if you have a moment to spare a vote, you can go to the Facebook page, join the group The Independent Creator Awards, and don't worry, the group only exists for the purpose of voting. So once the awards are done, the group will go away, and you won't have to deal with any silly little group notifications. But if you can go there, join up, and throw an elegant weapon and myself, Cup Votes... That would be super duper cool. This week on the show, as I have just previously stated, we are returning to independent comic book conversation. This week's guest, he is the host of the Digital Nerdage podcast. I met him out in Michigan quite a few years ago as he is also involved in uh, putting together the Cherry Capital comic-con um now he's putting his uh, money where his mouth is and he's making a comic book not only is he making a comic book he's making an anthology very cool sounding anthology it's all about video games it's called get in the game he's gonna tell you all about it as we talk about michigan as we talk about podcasting as we talk about star wars as we talk about independent comic books and making an anthology ladies and gentlemen my guest this week please enjoy my conversation with mr pat kawula What is up to? How's it going, man?
1: Not too bad. How are you?
0: Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year. Did been... <laughs> do they celebrate that in Canada?
0: Um yeah, but it's only once every 3 years. <laughs> we have a special calendar that we follow, you know. Our wacky canuck hours. There's 37 hours in a day here. Yet only 2 of those hours have sunlight. <laughs> You know <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> so what are you up
1: of, to, man? You been good? Not too bad. It's been uh, been busy, been getting this book ready, getting working on our kitchen, we're remodeling the whole damn thing and Yeah, I saw you went for the popcorn ceiling, eh? And oh, I'm getting rid of it finally. I've hated it for 10 years. Oh, you're years. getting rid of it? I thought you'd just put it up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get, no, pulling it down. Thank God I hate it. I hate it. I've i hated it for years and fought and fought and fought with my wife about it. And finally I'm like, we're doing this kitchen. We're taking the ceiling down too. <laughs> uh, and then it then it blew up yesterday because she's like, oh, I thought you'd take the ceiling down while the cabinets were still up. I'm like, why the f- – would i do that why would i I work over top of the cabinets when i can have all the space when the cabinets aren't on the wall like what what about that makes sense
0: well it's impressive you're doing all this yourself i mean what brought that
1: on uh basically i'm too cheap to to pay somebody (laughs) nice Uh, nice do you have experience
0: in any kind of renovation
1: oh yeah yeah my uh i grew up doing all this shit um my uh my uncle had a cabin on a lake that started out about the size of a garage and when he sold it 25 30 years later it was about 3200 square feet
0: that's awesome my grandfather did the exact same thing back in the 60s he bought a hunting shack on a little old lake up north and it was just a one room little hunting shack with uh, you know like a wood stove and a kitchen and you know a little cot and by the time they sold that when i was like 16 or 17 it had like five rooms added on (laughs) and
1: yeah this this
0: it went from hunting shack to family cottage within like 10 years
1: (laughs) basically that's what it was was uh i mean for a number of years it was just a hunting shack for for my my uncles and my dad to go up and and hunt at you know have a place to crash and drink and uh eventually you know as everybody started having more and more kids and all this stuff my uncle's like well let's you know let's let's put this together and build it up and you know build it bigger and you know we, we, we tripled the size of the main floor and then put it uh put a second floor and the loft on it and then so that made it about 15 or 1600 square feet and then he added basically a a a second of that exact same thing
0: nice we never built up we only we only built out so that's pretty that's pretty
1: uh it's pretty bold to start building up (laughs) yeah i I still can't believe that all my uncles and and their friends are still alive whereabouts is this uh uh, it it was it it actually it's right just by where i live now uh about 20 minutes away um he uh that's what actually brought me to the Traverse City area. After, you know, my dad, we would always vacation here. So my dad retired; he bought a place in this area. And
0: uh, is that where you grew up, or whereabouts in Michigan did you grow up?
1: No, I grew up in the Detroit area. Oh, actually, right, right near the city. Michigan Park, yeah.
0: Okay, right on.
1: Yeah, just just south of just south of Detroit. See, I I grew up in South Detroit.
0: I wonder does it work there like it does here cuz here in Ontario like obviously most people in Canada live within like 200 miles of the of the border right like we you know the further north you go obviously the more inhospitable it becomes um, but so everybody's like in southern Ontario and we go up north and that's you know the basic phrasology of it is that we go up north you go to the cottage right
1: yep. so same same thing in Detroit yeah
0: Yeah, so there is like, you know, you drive three hours north, and that's kind of considered cottage country, because I know Michigan's pretty much, you know, exactly the same terrain as Ontario. It's kind of just like stretching out that way. And a lot of people don't realize that Detroit is, I think, further north than Toronto. I know most of Michigan is but uh, I'm pretty sure that yeah Detroit itself is uh it's it's like either like a straight line or slightly north of Toronto I'm pretty sure like people don't realize how northern Michigan is you know
1: Yeah yeah well that's I think you know I think right now like where I live I'm pretty sure I'm a, like north of even the tip of Maine like the only things that are at the same level as us are like Wyoming and North Dakota, and Washington State, and, right? You know, right. at the very northern part of the country.
0: Yeah, people think it's so damn cold here, but you guys, you know, when I want to know what the weather is going to be like in Ontario in four hours, I just look over to Michigan and see what's happening there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it pretty much just comes straight on over. You know, it's
1: uh yeah, yeah that's you it Michiganders,
0: funny. you know how it how it is. That's probably that's why you're such a big hockey state, probably too, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, and, well, it, did, it also good that, you know, the original six team. And
0: yeah, the, yeah. Well, they, Michigan's one of the few them. places I go in the States where it feels like home. Like, there's not a huge difference. Like, I go to other places in the States, and I know I'm in America pretty much at all times. You know, but I I can go to Michigan, and the people are chill. They're, they're very Canadian-esque, you know. I mean, there is that... Uh, there is that uh, rah-rah-go-USA-like side to it, you know, because there's just a lot of conservatives going around the states right now. But, you know, you know, for the past, what have I been coming there for like the past five, six years? And, yeah, it just feels like home, man. It's totally been home away from home. Everybody's like, it's easily the nicest people I've ever met of any state I've ever gone anywhere, and it's just hunters and fishers and hockey players and people having to deal with the fucking cold bullshit just like we do over here, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we just got like a foot of snow in the past day. So <laughs> we didn't. We've been
0: raining. It's been like ten degrees and raining here. It's been absolutely crazy. It's super warm and super wet and super sunny. So you know, I work outside all year, so I'm not complaining about it whatsoever.
1: I'm trying to do that math real quick. <laughs> oh, the math! I I can't even tell you. I've tried yeah, to get the math. It's like Fahrenheit, somewhere in the neck, It's like some like that. I don't understand
0: why you keep doing this to yourselves. Like, why can't you just start at zero and go up and down? You know, You've, your freezing point has to be some whacked-out number. It's so American. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I don't understand it myself. Like, I never could understand. Well, it it honestly it is apparently. I, I'd have to double-check this, but I'm pretty sure it actually has to do with. Uh, colonial and, and English, because it, it's called the imperial system. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it has to have come from England at some point.
0: At some point, but even they wised up and don't use it anymore.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it, it's it's just incredible. It's like then you're doing all this crazy math, like oh, a mile is three what three thousand eight hundred and fifty two feet or something. You know, it's some weird fucked up number guess what a kilometer is it's a thousand meters what no fucking way yeah
0: jay Fosgate. whenever we talk canadian measurements he always likes to use the word stone as if we're like you know i'll be like, he'll be like how far is that three stone away or just completely whacked out
1: information
0: right so. <laughs> the
1: stone, only you stone know is one of the most interesting uh, like measurements because that's that's again one of those fucked up measurements because it isn't like 17.6 kilos or something it's some weird whacked out i don't number. know it's
0: how like, you even vaguely know this information <laughs> like <laughs> like do you, how many how many hands like do you know what a hand is like when you're doing a horse like aren't they like 14 hands or shit like that it's always oh, so yeah that,
1: <laughs> and that's basically the that's basically the average size of a, of a hand
0: like whose hand was
1: this based I mean, on though right it was it was based on like an average hand size or something
0: like if it was based on a dude like you's hand it's probably yeah. fucking huge right right <laughs> You know? Yeah. And for those of you out there who are listening and don't realize, what are you eight three or some kind of shit? Like that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I weigh like sixty seven stone no
0: <laughs> Everybody just picture a, a, a slightly more cuddly Jason Siegel and you'll have a good idea of uh the gentleman we're speaking with right now, Mr Pat Kawula. Um Pat, are you still podcasting?
1: uh we had gotten back to it for a minute and the holidays and everything got crazy and we we really have to get back to it again uh i really wanted to get back and have that star wars conversation the 2019 wrap-up but man it's just it's just been a pain in the ass
0: dude it's hard and of course this is your show digital nerdage that we're talking about um dude i can tell you how tough it's been this year I, I looked throughout my episodes because I've had a lot going on in the past year, and I had a lot of work to do on lots of other stuff. And I put out, I think, like thirty episodes over the entire year. Meaning, I like almost went every two weeks, and I knew I'd skip some weeks, but I just had no idea how far behind I'd fallen because we, you know, I've been doing so much work with SourcePoint and you know the the podcast network and my day job, and you know, you kind of lose track. And you're like, oh, that's okay, you know, I'll miss a week or this or that. And uh then Drunk on Comics, uh, fellow podcast friends of ours and Points of Interest Podcast Network members, they recently put out their four hundredth episode. And they started after I did. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Not long after, like at all. Like it was within like weeks, I think, that our show started but i was like i'm an entire year behind in where i should be like 52 at like this is like 357 there at 400 so i'm pretty much a year behind being a weekly podcast
1: <laughs> yeah well i mean at least uh at least you're not the like th- uh, four, three, three and a half years behind that Technically, nice. the first <laughs> episode of digital nerdage was august of 2012 nice it nice. was seven year over seven years ago and we only have like 100 and 10 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've always
0: loved doing this, and I always stuck to the love of doing it. Podcasting has changed so much in the eight years that I've been doing it, uh, and the 10 years that I've been listening to it. It's it's a whole new world. It's a whole new universe, because it went from, you know, people trying to do it and figuring it out, and everybody just having a great old time, because it was kind of like the Wild West, and it still kind of is like the Wild West, but now it's it's just it's become so commercialized and so monetized and it used to be hard enough for us little shows to stick out in the you know in the giant ocean of podcasts and now you've got every celebrity's got their own show and these shows have all this money behind them and all this advertising and it's become it's cool that it's become a, a respectable you know mainstream you know media choice now but holy crap, it's just it's drowned everybody out at the same time. You know, and I've 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 got kinda of gotta to stick to the mantra that I've always had of that everybody can do it and I think everybody should do it. Um and I still believe that, but I just I didn't see this coming. I didn't see it, you know I didn't see everybody and their mother having a podcast, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. It it's it's really and, and to be perfect, that's the problem is it's like you said, there's so much noise in there. There's so many there's so many podcasts on the same topic and sticking out and finding that way and if you don't have a name you're 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 going to struggle to, to find an audience because you don't have the advertising dollars you don't have the name recognition you don't have all those those things so if you're not doing it just for the sake of loving it and and, and having that fun behind a microphone it, you're you're there's there's no point in doing it because if you're thinking you're going to get super famous out of this you, I don't think there's anybody that's done that uh, in the podcast world of like going from literally no name to being a gigantic. Nobody,
0: I couldn't name one single one. Everybody's done something first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody that you know that has a podcast has, has has had something going first, and
0: and now everybody is trying to monetize it, and it's crazy because you know it's turned into this big YouTube conglomerate thing, and and it's all these shows, especially like us when we're in this particular field of of you know the nerd geek realm, it's it's kind of where things really took off. Like yeah, there was lots of other podcasts going on, but the the geek community really embraced podcasting early, right? Oh, yeah. and and it's uh most of the shows out there i see now are just trying to be like tv news type shows you know like just like fake smiley faces pretty people like just spewing news information at you and 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 going on about rumors and spoilers and which is great i mean anybody should do what their voice tells them to do but is that really your voice do you know what i mean like this used to be a thing where it it was a representation of our voices it was who we were and now it's kind of become far more what your brand is rather than who you were and it's it's interesting because i find for me it's coming back around a little bit my my audience never went away but you know how there's dips but i i felt a bit of an increase lately and i think it's been due to people looking back to the old way of of conversational podcasting of not just, you know, discussing the latest rumors or gossip about whatever movie or TV show, you know, people are missing like real conversation, you know.
1: Yeah, and and that's what I've always tried to do is like, yeah, we'll talk topical. We'll, you know, we'll we'll find topics, but it's it's literally just us talking about it and the conversation flows naturally cuz you you may start talking about Star Wars and then at the end you're you're talking about, you know, danishes or something
0: totally <laughs> do my very first episode we talked about star, star trek voyager and portuguese man of wars <laughs> those were the two main subjects of the very first episode of an elegant weapon <laughs>
1: you know, it's, it's just you let your brain go you let that you, you follow the path that the, the conversation leads you down and we all have those random ideas as we're having a conversation it's it's like oh uh, and it's a lot of but a little bit of like squirrel. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: totally you know, and the best podcasters can kind of like roll with that, and you know, and the guys I always looked up to, like the Joe Rogans and the Mark Marons and the Kevin Smiths. Kevin Smith's gotten a little more the other way as well. He's a, he's a master at blending the two. You know what I mean? Like I think Fat Band Beyond is a perfect blend of conversational and informational. Uh, but you know Joe Rogan still like you know talks whatever the fuck comes up with his guests and he's still on top and you know Conan's had so much success Conan O'Brien with uh Conan O'Brien needs a friend and that's a super fun podcast I love that podcast to death you know and 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 it's pure conversational too so you know I like that it still exists and it seems like the best of the podcasts are still those conversational podcasts that we love to hear you know
1: yeah and and I haven't made time to listen to Conan, but I can imagine that that is just spectacular.
0: It's really fun, man, because they open right up. In the beginning, he was a little weird about it. He was still kind of TV hosty and not sure about this whole podcasting thing. But after the first season, because he's one of those weirdos who breaks shit up into seasons, because people need a break, I guess. I don't get all that shit, but you know, to each his own. And uh, by the end of the first one, he was just having so much fun. And then they you now he's come back with the second season, and he's way more relaxed about it and way more. You know, he just kind of gets it better, and he's having tons of fun. He's on several occasions said he enjoys it more than his show, you know, than than he ever enjoyed doing the TV thing. And, uh, you know, when you get that natural effect, it's so much fun. I just listened the other day to Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio on Mark Merritt. And I was like, how is this going to go, right? Because these are two guys who are like beyond megastars. These are guys you never really see or hear from in a natural environment, right? And I was really stoked because I actually knew that Brad Pitt was a Mark Maron fan. I already knew that. And this episode was hilarious. I didn't think it would be half as funny as it was. But Brad Pitt gets to the point where him and Leo are making fun of him for – having like such a crazy personal life you know what i mean like they're just making jokes about how brad pitt's all messed up and all this shit that you hear in the paparazzi and stuff and they're they're joking about when they first both appeared on growing pains and they went back to the stuff you want to hear and it was so much fun you know what i mean so podcasting it does that you know you can hear those megastars to still kind of relax you know
1: I, I didn't realize Brad Pitt did Growing Pains.
0: He did one episode where he was uh, he was like the bad boyfriend or something like that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but they that's were crazy. talking about all the old eighties TV they did, and you know all the fun times, and you know it was it was great. It was so so enjoyable, you know. So I had a blast, and that's what I've always loved doing. So, and I, I kind of recently uh, for you folks who've been listening the past few weeks. Uh, I kind of went back to the old school because I needed to take a break from kind of doing interviews for a bit because it is a lot more work when you've got to schedule interviews and get someone, you know, there at a certain time, and then you got to edit that shit together. And I just wanted to go back to the old school ways of kind of doing my effects live and kind of just mastering the podcast enough to not have to do much editing and shooting the shit with my friends, you know. So we've had our co-pilot, my good friend Sam Noir. He's a comic book writer from Toronto here. And, uh yeah, he's just been coming over, and we've been shooting the shit. We did some Mandalorian reviews and some to- uh, Toys That Made Us reviews, and, and it just brought back that feeling of hanging out, having a good time. And I realized I was starting to lack on that, right? And ever since I did that, now I've been kind of keeping back up on the episodes because it's been a lot easier, a lot smoother. I'm having a lot more fun again because over eight years, you have to kind of freshen things up occasionally,
1: you know? Absolutely, and you know, I I find it interesting that we're 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 sitting here in this this like renaissance of of amazing things happening. Um, you know, we just had John Favreau may be the savior of the nerd world. Uh, i'm just throwing that out there
0: i would i would say that in conjunction with dave filoni but yes like nerd world yes favreau star wars you got to give filoni a little bit there sorry i worship that dude
1: (laughs) yeah no absolutely absolutely uh, deservedly so because what they pulled off with the mandalorian was absolutely amazing you know but we've got that we've got you know, of, of the of the finish of, of of the Rise of Skywalker, the finish of of the Infinity Saga, the finish of Game of Thrones, the, the you know we've got Picard coming, which if you're a Star Trek fan, and I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but that like looks incredible to revisit the next generation world and timeline? Well, I think what's going to be
0: really cool about that is I think it's going to be representative of a certain turn that's happened because you just nailed it on the head where there's been a lot of big things ending, right? And, you know, there's I don't want to say there's superhero fatigue because I I don't really believe in that. I think it's just a genre unto itself that has always been and always will be and dips and goes up and down in popularity just like Westerns or whatever. And uh, it's been people kind of need not a break from Marvel, but it does need a, a bit of a, a twist, right? Because we came to something that feels like an end, so now we got to do something that feels like a beginning, and they're going to try some new stuff. And, you know, I, I, I think Picard, where he's in a universe where it's not the next generation universe, it's not all rainbows and puppy dog tails and peace and love like the show represented. This is going to be a show where... Uh, They've talked about how the Federation goes far more isolationist, and it's not like a you know they're not exactly the shining beacon of light and hope that the Federation once was, and you know this is going to put a new spin on the whole idea of Star Trek that I'm Star Trek I just said Star Trek like I was seven years old, um, but you know what I mean? That's really going to add a whole new twist to the whole situation that I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, because we had a. We had a, a change away because after Umbrella Academy and The Boys, uh, there you know there's a serious uh, love for the uh, the anti superhero movement kind of going on right now. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, which I'm I'm terrible and haven't made time to watch either of those, which I need to, especially The Boys. Oh, it's um, so good! It's so- yeah, uh, you know, and, and I'm kind of jealous of you because, you know, you live over there in Canada, so you don't even have to buy CBS All Access to get the Picard. You get, I'm pretty sure you'll get it on Netflix. Like you got Discovery.
0: Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was cool, man. That was, uh, that was cool. It was, uh, I love Discovery. I love it to death. Like, especially the second season. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, I actually, I was hanging out in Philly with, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy playing Christopher Pike. I'm blanking on his name right now. Oh, uh, uh, Hemsworth? No, no. Uh, oh, no in in no. the show. the Discovery. Uh, you know, the guy from uh, the cowboy show. Hell on Wheels or whatever. Anson Mount. Anson Mount. There you go. Yeah, and what a nice guy. And he said that the set is so much fun. Like, anyone involved with that, they're just having the biggest blast of their lives. And that's when things seem to really kind of come out smooth. So I'm happy to hear that. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk of bringing him back or giving him his own show because he was such a smashing success on on Discovery. But, man, what they did with it, first season was really interesting and weird. And then the second season just blew my mind. And I was like, give me more of this all the time. I absolutely love it. So, you know uh it, 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 tides are changing tides are turning you know we lost Stan, you know, which is a big change so things are things are gonna get different and wacky we're in a we're in a state with star Wars where everything is super chaotic, so you know we're gonna have to see how they slowly try to bring everything back together you know it's it's an interesting time, but it's an exciting time at the same time so
1: yeah, well, and with star Wars, I think I'm really excited to see uh because Clone Wars is coming back again. They're they're going back well on that. And I'm wondering
0: how they're going to handle that considering we know Ahsoka was already in Rebels, right? So what is that season even going to be about?
1: My gut tells me it's going to be an Ahsoka-based season of what brought her to be there for Rebels. I think it's going to be the bridge between Clone Wars and Rebels.
0: I think that would be perfect, although I think they really want to put her on screen
1: too, man. Yeah, I couldn't – I was – i was so mad Uh, well i I guess we're far enough out spoiler alert but oh
0: yeah (laughs) i was so
1: mad that she wasn't in rise of skywalker i mean she was but she wasn't
0: right yeah well the sad thing is that means she's dead
1: right Right.
0: like that's like we heard ezra's voice as well which means ezra's dead and at that time there's no reason ezra's like a young kid he could easily just be an old man at the time of rise of skywalker no
1: well, yeah, well, he wouldn't even have been as old as Luke. I mean, he's younger than Luke. Uh, well, or just about as old. Yeah, so. Uh, I mean, he'd only be in his 40s. But, uh, yeah, right, right, in that neck of the woods, because, well, let's see. Uh, Luke was 19 at the Battle of Yevon, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, you say Ezra's five years younger. We're, talk- yeah, we're talking 45, 50. Is he younger? Because
0: right? doesn't it take place. When does it take place? It takes place five years after Return of the Sith or Revenge of the Sith, doesn't it? Uh,
1: the final season of Rebels is. I think he'd be half he, Luke's
0: he, age, or I think, I think Luke would be half his age. He'd be five years older than Luke, wouldn't he? Uh, maybe
1: uh, they're real close, though. So I mean, just yeah, a yeah. Couple, so I mean, maybe fifty during this. The during the the. the the, the third trilogy. Because I'm intrigued
0: to see how they're gonna do this, because they have to bring Jedi in. And if Rey's not gonna be part of this story anymore, how are they gonna explain that this super powerful Jedi is just wandering the universe having nothing to do with everything? Meanwhile they're gonna have to figure out how to bring the Jedi Order back in its own way.
1: They can't keep going without Jedi, like Well and they keep they keep painting themselves into these weird corners. Yeah, totally amazing stories with like rebels with ezra who who disappears and all this stuff and there are also there's also a talk of a another series uh, another uh season of rebels now um there's there's rumors flying about that but the you know even uh like uh jedi fallen order the new video game that is that is canon
0: yeah 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 does and that kid with, survive or does it depend on whether you win the game or not like i guess
1: absolutely phenomenal story um and yeah i mean if, if people are willing you know spoilers on that but yeah he survives it's 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 a very interesting it's a really good story is it it I want to move forward. Like I love getting
0: all the old stuff. I love more Rebels, more Clone Wars, but I I'm at this point, I mean, I love to go back, but I'm kind of ready to go forward. I'm kind of ready for some new stuff, you know, cuz I'm a Jedi guy. That's all I want. It's part of the reason I'm a big prequel apologist because I got to see a Jedi army, the Jedi temple, like all that shit is what gets my goat going, right? So that's what I hope to see. But well, uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't fall too much it's, it's into
1: funny this cuz that's Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and I know it's a a sore spot for you, but the the thing was, was that's what Last Jedi was setting up, though. And then everything fell apart, and Ryan Johnson got lambasted and kicked off his trilogy. Like, his trilogy was going to be the resurgence of the Jedi, basically. Well, I'm
0: glad he's not doing it, because he would have done a bunch of whacked-out shit. Like, I'm sorry, the one thing I'll just never be able to get by is turning our hero Luke into the character that he did. That's the main thing that... You know, there's other things I can even accept. And after seeing Rise of Skywalker, it actually, to me, makes Last Jedi a better movie. Like, I saw it and I was like, okay, there's actually a few things that they that J.J. fixed enough that I can actually be okay with. But I will never, ever be able to get past the point of him lighting that lightsaber over Ben Skywalker's bed. Or Ben Solo's bed. That is the pivotal moment that i'll never be able to let go of i could see him standing there i could see him struggling i could see him having the worst moment of his life but to light that lightsaber man no i can't i can't i can't there's no way i've tried to wrap my brain around this kid who faced the emperor himself and threw down his lightsaber was gonna reignite that lightsaber in fear of his 15 year old nephew or whatever fuck off i can't i just can't deal with it man yeah you know but uh, I loved it I loved it all it's an, an exciting it's exciting to see what's coming but uh, recently
1: uh, I got nominated for an award Pat I heard I, I, I'm super excited for that isn't That's
0: that nutty <laughs> the independent Creator Awards on Facebook it's a it's a very cool thing going on right now uh, these awards uh, they have many categories. Uh, you know, best writer, best this, best that. Um, an Elegant Weapon is nominated for Best Independent Series, which means best series of podcast or YouTube or whatever focusing on independent comic books. Um, and I made sure, I, I got nominated and I checked in because this show is not exclusively independent comic books. It's probably like an 80 20 mix. Um, you know, I've interviewed hundreds of independent comic book creators over the past uh, couple years, um, but we do talk a lot of Star Wars and a lot of other stuff, but uh, apparently they were happy with a 75%, 25% mix, so I'm well in the coverage there, And because uh, this is an independent comic book podcast, and I'm very proud of it. We just happen to talk about a lot of other geeky shit that comes up, too, because I love Star Wars. That's why the goddamn show is called an elegant weapon. Lightsabers. But they all go hand in hand. So I got nominated for this award, and I thought to my. Oh, yeah, and then the other award is for Best On Air Personality, which is kind of the groovier one because, you know, that just means I'm cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so kids, if you do uh if you'd like to uh support the show and support yours truly, you just go on to Facebook, the Independent Creator Awards. You have to join the group in order to vote, but the group will disappear after the voting. It only exists to vote. Uh, But if you want to pop on there, join the group, throw an elegant weapon, and the Jedi Ross, uh, a little bit of love, we'd so greatly appreciate it. I believe I'm in the lead right now by like nine or ten votes. It's a very, very close race uh, with Miss Cannon Doll X uh, of the previews' YouTube show, and she's fantastic. She does amazing work. If I was to lose to her, I would not mind whatsoever, Uh, but we're having a fun race. Uh, Cool-ass chick, cool-ass dude, head-to-head. Let's do it up, kids. Um, I'm super honored to be uh, nominated a gangster, and uh, good luck to her. And whoever comes out on top, this has been a lot of fun. So very cool. But if you want to support us, go out and do that. So after that happening, I figured, well, shit, we better talk some independent comic books, shan't we? Uh, And then I got a little message from my good friend Pat. Pat's talking about some shit he's got going on. Uh, A little bit of a Kickstarter starting soon. Pat, please tell us all about it.
1: Well, uh, about a year ago, I had the insane idea that uh, instead of just, you know, easing myself into the comic book uh, creating world, I was like, (laughs) I'm going to just dive bomb right into the pool Um, and had the insane idea to take uh, a singular prompt and put it out there as a prompt for people to submit uh, to an anthology full of eight page stories. Um, we, We have no idea of anybody who does eight page story anthologies. Nope. Never happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, but, but uh, so I, I was like, okay, I want to do this. I had a story in mind for myself and I'm like, I don't, I can't put together like nine, 10, 11 stories on my own. Um, uh, I'm like, let's, let's put this out to, to the greater community. And I said, okay, I'm a big video game fan let's put this as video games. So I put it out there, got a bunch of submissions, chose, uh, nine other stories in addition to mine. And those 10 stories have been created and have become what is known as the get in the game comic anthology. Um, this is 10 different creative teams, uh, 10 unique stories. And as much as you might think that, Oh, it's video games. It's all going to be about, Oh, what ifs? And, this and you know telling the story of zelda all over again or something like that and it's not it is it is 10 very personal very very unique stories that come together into something that is greater than the sum of its parts um, i i was very blessed with a with a great team of people who uh who who, who pulled together and, and and put out something uh, amazing um, I can't think of any video game anthologies. No, and that's yeah, that's I've I've not seen one anybody do a prompt like this, so it was really something different. Uh that that, you know. Uh there there's there's lots of stuff going on to it. I mean there's there's um we I, I just posted about this one, uh, Logging Out, which is written by Corey Mozlowski and art by Seth Demoose. Nice that one. Uh and it's basically it's a story about how much impact you can have on somebody over a, a video game, like, and in, especially in the MMO environment, you you create friendships where having never met a person in your life, um, and, and at the exact same time that you 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 have these impacts, you also may have no idea of the real person on the other side of that and what may be going on with them. Right. So it's this really, really very interesting story of of the impact you can have on somebody who lives thousands of miles away that you've never met in person and probably don't even necessarily know their real name. When uh,
0: it goes to that far, yeah. I, I mean you could compare it slightly to other things like I've had – like some of the best friends, my best friends in the world I've all met through podcasting and i was easily best friends with them before ever meeting in person and it's not the same thing because i knew their names and who they were and i had all the basic info but i see what you're saying like in an mmo and stuff you know you literally yeah. you don't you, you may not know the sex of the person that you're
1: talking to in reality right yep no absolutely and uh, and that's that's so many it's different it's very things.
0: what's that movie um what's the bruce willis one uh surrogates
1: Oh. Yeah. It, it that's kept, a deep cut.
0: Yeah, well it makes me think of that because like half the people in that movie were not the surrogate that you saw, you know? Like like an old man was like a black guy with dreads or a girl would be a big fat
1: dude, you know?
0: It's you could be whoever you wanted. So that's an interesting, you know, theme to
1: play with for sure. Y- y- yeah, and I mean, it's it's yeah, it, it, and and for 8 pages you think about this, the the, the ability to tell a, a compelling story in 8 pages is the reason I wanted to do this, and it's and it has a lot to do with our good friend Dirk Manning, um, you know, in conversations with him, is, is the challenge that that is of, of telling it an actual story in eight pages. That's why I wanted to go that route, just because I'm like, if I can write an eight page story, I can write a 22 page story, or I can write a 96. Or, so why you
0: know. an anthology? Like you could have just dove in head first just making your own first comic book, but why go as far as an anthology?
1: Um, a lot had to do with the fact that I wanted to also pay it forward. Um, okay right on. And, and, and get people out there that maybe haven't gotten you know the, a lot of exposure, haven't done a lot of things, haven't gotten a lot of stuff out there. Um, I think out of the the group here, um, just kind of looking through this from just the writers, I think uh, about sixty percent, six six or seven of the ten people have never published a, a story before. That's
0: very exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah. So,
1: so we've got that. It, it might be a little bit. Maybe it's five to six, but uh, it's because a couple of people have th- thrown something out this past year during the the the, the process right, of getting right. this put together. But you know, so it's uh, still it, fresh it, faces, artists, right? Yeah, the artists. There's a little le- a little less first timers um so from from an art standpoint we have brad gisha um who was on black museum uh if i remember correctly no no travis at black museum i'm confusing I, I know brad's done something but i can't think of it off the top of my head uh brad gisha dan finley seth the moose travis bramble uh, emily zalasko oh nice uh, Kay- kaylin smith Nice. I love C.R. Warner.
0: C.R. Warner. C.R. is rock and roll there. <laughs>
1: C.R. is amazing.
0: She's awesome. Uh, C.R. <laughs>
1: Warner, Isaac Bergman, Jonathan Fisher, and Jarrett Whalen. Those are the artists that are on the book. Uh, and then writers are Gene Hoyle, uh, Dean Mason Jr., Corey Maslowski, Dave Herndon.
0: Oh, uh, nice. Dave's writing some.
1: Dave is right, writing a story. Right uh, on. <laughs> Michelle Joy Gallagher. Yeah. Um, Rob Humphrey, myself, uh, J.R. Woodland. Sam Chestnut and Jarrett Whelan wrote wrote and did the art for his story. So
0: wow. I'm impressed with myself for knowing at least eighty percent of the names you just said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and, and putting this together, it's it's funny because, you know, I I got all these other things to, people together. I got, you know, I got all this going and some of these people submitted together. Some I actually had to like piece together of like, oh, I'm gonna your art, this story, that looks pretty good. Let's and they'd never met. Um, you
0: know what's really cool about doing that? Um the Toronto Comics Anthology. Are you familiar with that?
1: I've heard of it.
0: Toronto uh, Comics Anthology is a fantastic anthology they put out here. Now it's 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 stories not just by Toronto artists and writers but about Toronto And it doesn't have to be realistic or anything like that. Like one guy wrote a story called like Toronto Talk where it was like, you know, deep medieval fantasy. But like the subways were actually dragons like moving through tunnels. And, you know, you can do anything you want with it. But Toronto's got to be the base sort of theme, right? And some people do do like real stories that happened from the history of Toronto. But what they do is is they have these pre-meetings. Andrew Stevens, who just, you know... Sorry, Andrew Stevenson or Steven Andrews. I don't know what you want to go by today, Steven or Andrews. Sorry, he flips up his uh, his moniker here and there for different <laughs> for different occasions. But either way, a fantastic, super smart dude. Um, he's been putting all the anthologies together, and they'll have these pre meetings, so you can come with a story, and you don't need an artist, you don't need a writer. They will match you up. With who they, you know, with who they feel it's going to work best with, or you know, who may have fun working together. So you can go to these initial meetings and not have to worry about necessarily having your team or your partner together. And they will actively put people together to create, you know, these situations. So, say someone comes in with an amazing story, doesn't have a writer, they'll figure out a good writer to, or sorry, a good artist. They'll they'll find you somebody. And there's been such amazing like stories that come out of these anthologies that they've continued on and became comics in their own right uh, by people who had never met or worked together so it's a super super cool thing to be trying and uh, I'm excited to hear that you're kind of doing the same thing you know
1: well and, and where it really comes from is, is uh, I, I know you're familiar with them as well, but you know having had a, a, a relationship and a friendship with Gary Reed I never who... met Gary. Oh, did you never? Meet I never
0: Gary? had the chance to meet Gary. Uh, unfortunately, um, obviously, I've heard all the stories for several years. Now. I may have met him once and not remembered it. Uh, maybe in 2015, my first year at Motor City, but uh, never like met him or got to know him or had a conversation. So, but it, he seems like a one hell of an inspirational leader within that community. You
1: know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, without Gary, like. Michigan comics culture doesn't exist. And Michigan is blessed with a great culture of, of comics. You know, there's a tremendous amount of amazing creators that come out of here, uh, uh, which I didn't realize till recently. J. Michael Straczynski is a Michigan native. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, like one of the biggest, I mean, that that's i'm like holy crap i had no idea you know people like ryan stegman and jay fosgett and jay cod and uh, casey pierce and you know stephanie maynard and like there's this litany of 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 ryan fucking lee ryan fucking hey it's amazing you should mention ryan lee oh really (laughs) (laughs) ryan lee is doing the overall cover for no
0: yay (laughs) he's my favoritist Sorry, sorry, Fozzie, but <laughs> I absolutely love Ryan Lee's work. It blows my mind. It is no one draws more eye candy for me than Ryan Lee. I'm just i s I'm a huge fan of that guy. I am too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. So that's that's a hell of a lineup, man. That's that's super cool. I'm very excited about all this going down. See, it's it's cool in Michigan. Um, because Michigan, as much as those names that you just mentioned came out, there's still always been a very, very punk rock, Detroit rock and roll type feel to the comic community there. It's one of the reasons I fell in love with it, especially with Source Point Press, and you know why I, I wanted to work with these guys for years. It's just this old '90s sub pop feel of of hardcore punk rock, you know, doing it yourself, you know, and I love that. But, yeah, because I mean, I I'm in this community here. Where it's when it comes to comic book creating, it's a little incomprehensible to live in the area that I live in, right? Like Toronto and New York being so close together on the East Coast and having this uh, connection over the years through DC and Marvel, it's bred this uh, this community uh, where. I don't know. You, It's just artists and creators can flourish here with the amount of art galleries and schools and, like, Sheridan College. Disney handpicks all their animators out of there. Um, there's just so much opportunity to learn here. Ty Templeton's comic book boot camp, like 90% of the people I've had on the show have taken some kind of course from Ty Templeton, right? I mean, within one – this okay. Within one hour of me, this is who you've got, Okay. You've got Jim Zub chip Sidarsky Ken Lashley Ty Templeton Dave Ross uh David Finch Meredith Finch uh did I say Jay F- Jason Fabach um Leonard Kirk um these are all of these people live basically within an hour of each other so this community has got to come up with all these new people like the Adam Gorhams of the world you know what I mean um uh, all these people have been able to come up, learning directly from these folks at comic cons or you know whatever events happening around the city, and it's it's insane to think that all of those people are right here. You know what I mean? So there's a certain uh, there's a certain hugeness to this community, like the Toronto, the Ontario community. It's just it's this is epically huge. Where I that's why I love when I can go back to Motor City. I get this more punk rock small town grinded out hustle feeling. Do you know what I mean? Not that people aren't hustling or grinding here like it's insane, but just this the opportunity to quickly move up here and work for whoever and learn from whoever. It's just abundant, right? So we keep churning out these comic creators that that move right up to into being in, you know, top two tier guys. And uh, you know it, I appreciate the struggle that that Michigan has to put in you know what I mean it, it, it makes for a fiercer creator do you know what I mean
1: oh yeah without yeah. question like yeah. you you you, crack, you scratch your claw and you you really just kind of you, you have to fight for that name and when you get it like it it, it doesn't even necessarily mean you're gonna pull off the, the the jump to the big two I mean we've had some great ones you know roll out of Michigan Yeah. Um, Katie Cook, Brian Stegman, I mentioned, yeah, and the history
0: going back to uh, to the Crow. I mean, come on, man, James oh, yeah. Bar, right? O'Barr. Like, like that 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 just solidified indie punk rockness way back then,
1: you know. And, and again, bringing the conversation full circle, that's a that's a Gary Reed guy, you know. Right, that's right. The, was a Caliber comic. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's. Uh, I really wish I'd got to meet Gary, man. It's too bad, but yeah, some of the shit that uh, Caliber pulled off, it was you know, it's it's amazing shit so just you know it's it's cool it's just that's one of the reasons i love michigan because you know no other place grinds it out like like you guys you know it's just i'll never forget my first trip down to motor city comic-con 2015 and i just fell in love with every person i met because everybody was so excited and so enthusiastic and so fucking into it you know what i mean like that's a big difference between like canadian creators and american creators is uh you know our shows are much more mellow here. We don't do comic cons quite like Canada, like America does. You know it's it's a much bigger show, uh, lots more lights and razzle dazzle. You know what I mean? Where where here it's it's you're very it, it's it's a lot of insanely insanely talented creators who are all insanely insanely shy and introverted, and you know artsy people. And they're just trying to learn their craft, and, you know, they're all, there's all the schooling and everything. So, and, you know, and plus they're Canadians, so it's a little bit mellower, right? Where you know, And then I'll go over there, and it's just every table I walk by, someone's yelling at me to look at their comic. You know, they're in my face. Please let me tell you what I made. And I love it. I just love that aspect of it, you know? I mean, I must have done 12 hours of podcasting the first year I went, just, just talking to every new creator I could because everybody was so excited at Motor City, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's a great show. I I can't I can't say enough about that show. Uh, they 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 have figured out a mix of putting a ton of celebrities out there because they're a celebrity driven show. There's a ton of media guests. Yeah. But they they do a great job of finding really good media guests that blend into the comic culture, and then not forgetting about Artist Alley that is massive, and they bring in some amazing comic guests. Yeah. Uh, I've I've been to like uh, one Motor City in the past number of years just because uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to the reason here in a second but <laughs> um, uh, but it's it's I, I went down because Nicholas Scott was there who I absolutely adore her style it is like I, I I I love different styles of art but that like super exquisitely clean line work that she does right. It's just something that speaks to me, and I'm like, "She's gonna be there, okay? Uh, oh look, oh look, it's it's Wonder Woman by Gail Simone and Nicholas Scott. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go get that signed, which I just <laughs> finally got signed by Gail at Grand Rapids Comic Con a couple uh, a couple months ago. So uh, that that's going. She to was at off. Grand Rapids. Gail was at Grand Rapids. Wow, yet.
0: that was a that's a score for that show, eh?
1: That was a score for that show.
0: Yeah, I've only been there once. It was a bunch of years ago three four years ago but i had a great time
1: and and they've they've done a great job of growing it and listening to feedback and changing the show up and making adjustments to make that that really well i mean they have um i think their show floor is like eighty thousand square feet now or something wow that's pretty good it's yeah it's, it's it's pretty big um like and it's they they've done a great like I said they've done a great job with that. Well, so. your
0: show itself, Cherry City Capital, uh, Cherry Capital, Cherry, Cap- Ch- Cherry Capital Comic Con uh, has got a great
1: reputation itself, man.
0: Like talk about your involvement with that show.
1: Uh, well, yeah, that's uh, I've been with the show since year four as a volunteer. We're about to do our twelfth show this this Memorial Day. Um I took over media uh, relations in year 7 or 8 I don't remember which and actually this year I moved over to uh taking care of artist alley and the vendors um uh, because we realized Rob who had been doing it for a number of years had had way too much on his plate and we've kind of made some adjustments and slides and stuff like that so um but yeah it's our 12th year we are a comic based show for sure um it, 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 the artist alley there is where we we live and breathe uh we bring in a media guest or two every now and then um but we try to tie them directly back in to uh the comics that are there and, and things like that like we had brian o'halloran a couple times who you know has that great connection to the fewest universe uh ming came in last year uh, we've had billy west uh that's cool, man. That's one I have yet to meet in my travels.
0: I don't know how I haven't been at a show where Billy West has been yet, but that's that that's an interview goal right there for sure.
1: That dude is amazing. Yeah, he's so good. Um, I got you know just just hang out with him and and it's and it's it's just one of these really weird like bizarre uh, things that kind of like blow your mind a little bit as you're as you become more and more involved in show running um it's weird isn't it it's well and (laughs) as we led up to the show when billy was coming in um basically our the owner of the show is like he's a media guest you go ahead and handle it i'm like okay so his agent calls me and we have like all these conversations and we're talking and she's like okay yeah this and this and this. okay okay that's a good agenda how you're gonna send me his agenda so i have it perfect that works really well um and then she's like you know what I'm gonna make sure Billy has your number too. Like, like, and it's like, wait, wait, you're what? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, no. But Billy, I want to make sure Billy can get a hold of you if he if he needs something. And I'm like, no, absolutely, that's perfectly fine. But but it's like it's that bizarre world moment of like, Bill, Billy West has my phone number, dude, uh, dude. Okay, <laughs> okay. So a couple of weeks
0: ago, uh, our good friend Travis McIntyre, the editor in chief of Sourcepoint Press. Uh, he came out for a little show that we had here. Fan Expo puts on a one day holiday market show. Uh, just before Christmas. Just a nice little show to, you know, get your last minute Christmas gifts and everybody gets together and has a very festive time. All the cosplayers are all Christmased out, you know. It's it's a super, super fun day. And uh, so Travis is like, he's like, I'm coming out. And I'm like, why? I'm thinking to myself, why are you coming for this, right? Like, like he's editor-in-chief. It's just way beyond him having to bother coming out for this little tiny one-day, five-hour show, right? And he's like, well, I got a business dinner Friday, so you got to come and you got to keep, uh, keep Friday night open. And I was like, okay, sure. He's like, I got a little surprise for you. And I was like, okay, sounds good. I like surprises, right? So we go downtown Friday night, we're going to end up having dinner with somebody, and he ends up introducing me to Mr. Roger Christian. Now, Roger Christian was the Academy Award-winning art director of Star Wars, and the creator of the very first lightsaber ever built, the very first R2 unit ever built, like this guy pretty much built the movie, right? So I'm instantly like, holy fucking shit, right? Completely hijacked this whole dinner asking this guy a million questions about Star Wars and all this shit. And then it hits me. The way he's talking about George Lucas, right? He's like, like his buddy, right? It hits me that this guy, odds are that cell phone he's got sitting on the table while we're talking has George Lucas's phone number in it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the closest I may ever get to a phone that has actual, like, actually has George Lucas's phone number in it. And that thought alone blew my fucking mind. You know what I mean? (laughs) Never mind the conversation I was having with this guy about the history of Star Wars, and he was amazing. Um, I'm hoping to meet up with him soon, but he was in China for a bit, but I'm going to get him on the show. And, uh,. But, yeah, just those moments, you know, like I'm that close to George Lucas's phone, just his phone number.
1: I was like, I'm giddy, right? (laughs) No, I I can imagine that. Yeah. that's, That's the thing. It's like you sit here and you look at these people and you're like, man. And, and and some of them it's just like eh, yeah this is cool I, I'm not one to mark out over over celebrities too much I'm not
0: like nor am oh. I but occasionally one comes along that you can't help but like I'm I don't really have that gene for getting nervous it's one of the reasons I th- I think I'm a pretty good panel host because I'm as comfortable in front of a thousand people as I am like five right. Um, But occasionally, someone will come along, and I'll be like, that leg will start shaking a little, (laughs) you know, and you feel the palms get sweaty, and you just got to calm yourself, you know, because being the panel coordinator for the Great Philadelphia Comic Con, which we're just, you know, starting to get rolling now for the show in April… This year's guests have started coming in, and I've, you know, I've got to run contact with all this. And some of the names that are getting thrown at me every year, it gets crazier and crazier. Like last year, they're like, "Okay, Jay, uh, here's here's your con- here's your connection for Alice Cooper," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I'll give him a shout or whatever. You know what I mean? And I hear you, man. Like you get used to it, but it's it's still it's it's a weird thing, uh, you know. But uh, I think the most nervous I ever got was it's it's when they're personal, right? It's not necessarily how big they were. Like I didn't get nervous with Alice Cooper. Like that's one of the biggest people I've ever chatted with, you know, outside of comic cons or whatever. That guy is a pop culture legend, a music legend, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But not in a such a personal way to me that it really made me nervous. When I got Ralph Garman to come on here for the 300th episode, dude, that was a Skype conversation. And I sat here staring at my computer for 10 minutes before I called him, just breathing. Just my legs were shaking, my palms were sweaty, my voice was cutting in and out. I was I was petrified, right? Like three seconds after we started talking, I found my groove and calmed down. And you know, luckily he was super, you know, settling, and we went right into it. But those ten minutes before talking to Ralph Garman were easily like the most, like nerve wracking ten minutes of my life. And I was sitting alone in a room. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. yeah, well, and and you know, Philadelphia is one I need to get to. I, the, the you're involved, Stan's involved. It's it. I've heard nothing but amazing things about the show, so it's one I wanna I wanna make it to. Hey, you're and,
0: welcome anytime. I got a press pass waiting for you anytime you can make it down there, man. It's a it's a pop culture heavy show. We are a celebrity heavy show, and honestly, one of the most celebrity heaviest shows I've ever been part of or attended uh more probably about half the show is just celebrity guests i think last year we had close to 50 or 60 celebrity guests um you know and of a top tier nature and uh it it's 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 crazy cool. So the it's it's the, you know, there's a great artist, Sally. We have tremendous talent and a lot of comic, you know, people. We had Larry Hama last year and uh Ken Lashley the year before that. So there's usually one or two cool comic guests, but it's definitely a, a media guest centric show and uh, you know, that also keeps the prices down a little bit for uh, autographs and stuff. Um, but we love it man i've had a blast i've been part of the show for about five five years now this i think may be my sixth and uh it's amazing it's amazing opportunity and it's fun you think it's work and it is work there is some stress but my god is it worth it it's just such a blast when the show comes off and you see all the smiling faces and everybody's just having the best time it's such a satisfying feeling you know
1: Yeah, and I I, I saw just a couple days ago, Keith David was announced for that. I'm
0: like, that's right. We're having uh, Goliath himself come on out. Man, I was skimming through his IMDb after he was announced. That guy's got a credit list like no one else. Like, unbelievable. Hundreds and hundreds of acting and voice acting credits. Like, that guy's got a
1: breadth of a
0: career, man. I'm very excited to meet him, for sure.
1: Yeah, well, and that that was one of the first things when Disney Plus came out. I'm like... Mm, oh gargoyles
0: yeah yeah yeah, totally um oh there's someone i want to tell you about but i can't i can't announce i can't say it yet because the show hasn't announced uh but we have one guest that i'm like crazy crazy excited for it's going to be quite excellent um there's a little hint for you um but sylvester mccoy has been announced for the show and yeah. that's what I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to sat down, sit down and have a chat with uh, Sylvester McCoy, because I'm a monstrous and I'm just like a giant Doctor Who fan, so super stoked to me. And plus, Radagast, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. fucking the greatest wizard that ever wizarded, man. I love Radagast, <laughs> man. Oh, shit, with his fucking little rabbit sleigh and his fucking pipes and shit. <laughs> fucking oh, love it. is so fucking crazy. That's... <laughs> So, let's get back to your comic book, your crazy yeah. anthology about video games. Have you ever heard of uh, Polybius Dreams? No. Polybius Dreams is a comic by Keith Grishow, uh, who was the artist on Arcane Awakening with Dominic Ruggiero. Um, he, uh, he did another comic book with uh, Benjamin J. Krieger, and it's called Polybius Dreams. And I think Ben's out of Buffalo, I believe, uh, the Buffalo region. But anyways, Keith is from uh, Burlington in Ontario here. And they did a book called Polybius Dreams, which is kind of based on an old actual urban legend about a video game that, like, sucks you into this other dimension and all this crazy shit goes down. So, uh, you know, other than that, I can't really think of anything except going all the way back to Tron or like Wreck-It Ralph, especially comic book wise, uh, and I don't think anybody's touched this at all, in a while. So, you know, hopefully there's some exciting stuff in there.
1: Yeah, there's there's definitely some great stories. Um, and some, like I said, some of them are super personal. Like Michelle Michelle Gallagher's has a story about her dad, you know, oh, and, and, right on. or he passed away and things like that. Like like how games were a part of that. Um,
0: right, it, right,
1: right, and, right, right, right and even uh, Rob and Kaylin's story, like Rob created this really like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's a uh, allegory on depression really is what it comes down to. Like there's really like, it can get pretty dark, but it, it, it becomes this like really amazing story that becomes so real and, and can touch, you know, those, those, those feelings and those, those, the, uh ideas that other people have and and it's really super powerful so i mean it's not like you know you think about this and it'd be just like oh it's this there's 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 a lot of personality in in these stories
0: so are you just serving as kind of, uh, like the congregator or do you have any like editors involved in the process? Or... Uh, I
1: have done a lot of the editing, but thankfully I thank you for, for, for bringing that up because the, the incredible Drina Joe has been, Drina. Very, um, she, she has been helping with the editing on this, um, and been super open to, to bouncing ideas off of, and, and really like that there was a story that, um came in and it, the, the premise was really good and what was written was really good but it really needed like somebody to tighten it up it was it, it was like in eight pages i think it was like 58 panels who <laughs> just like oh okay let's 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 see if we could bring this is yeah, back. that's like, like
0: early '80s comic book type yeah. dialogue shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing was was the premise of the story and the and, and what was going on like it's very post apocalyptic, um, y- you know, uh, reality video games a li- little bit Ready Player One inspired ish Sure. Um, like like a little bit of that in there like there's some it's it's it was a solid story, and it was just like I'm like man. I don't know that I have the chops to edit this down and get it t- to somewhere that's a little more workable like, like the story was good, but it just needed that like massaging of like, Hey, let's, let's, let's cut this little bit out and let's move this around and combine these panels. And, and thankfully I'm like, I, I reached out to Drina and she's just like, yeah, I'll help you. And she's, you know, I've continued to, to, to have those conversations with her, like, of of hey you know i i worked through this i see this this is what i see do, do you do you see this too I, I, am i am i reaching too far am i tr- am i trying to put because because i edited all the stories as well like I, like everybody's story came through me as as the editor and right. and, and, and like i said i bounced everything off drina and she read them all and she put in her you know her her her, her magic on those and really just kind of made through the worked through that whole process of uh, of having her there to help me kind of work through this vision of of what it takes and and you know the editing part of comics is wildly underrated oh yeah that's why lately it's been
0: beautiful to see a, a, a surge of appreciation for the editor because they are an absolutely vital part of this process
1: yeah. And, and, you know, people like Drena are just absolutely spectacular. So, yeah. and, and having a, a capable and, and, and professional editor who is, who, who is able to have those conversations that, that aren't always easy. You know, you're 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 going to somebody and saying, Hey, Hey, fix what, your shit. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it really Like you have to really kind of like, there's, there's ego involved and there's, you know, vision involved. Like if you, if you tweak the wrong thing, you, you change the, the the entire theme of the story sometimes especially in only eight pages so yeah for sure uh, you know, a lot of conversations a lot of things going on and and, and it's been just great and I've had uh, amazing people it, uh, again something that's underrated lettering you know um, who's doing lettering. that uh, there's a lot of uh, Jim McLean did three stories in there right on and, and a, a number of the people did their own like Jared and Kaylin and uh, Sierra.
0: That's one thing I appreciate about Source Point is that when our books are coming out, you're seeing editors' names on these things. You know what I mean? Like I, one c- very cool thing is we have an editor in Toronto here named Alison O'Toole. Uh, and she's quickly, quickly shooting up to, you know, superstar position. In fact, she recently worked on uh, The Afterlift, which was the Chip Zdarsky comicology project. Mm. Did you hear about this?
1: I have not. Okay. Uh, Chip stuff because Chip's awesome.
0: So Chip decided uh, he's going to do a comic for Comicology, Comicsology, which, if anybody is unfamiliar, is the digital uh, platform for receiving digital comics online. Um, and if you're,
1: if you're a comic book retailer, just. Smack Chip upside
0: the head. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now they're making their own original work too. So they were like, Chip, do it. So Chip was like, all right. Now what Chip did was put together uh, basically a a superstar team of the finest up-and-comers in Toronto comics. So the artist on this book was Jason Liu, who is the uh, genius behind The Pitiful Human Lizard, which is one of the most popular books in the history of this city. Uh, also Paris Aline was the colorist on this, who does work on par with any other colorist in the business, and, uh, edited by Alison O'Toole, who is, uh, you know, a rising star in the world of editing here in Toronto, and SourcePoint nailed her down with Miss Casey Pierce, and she edited Cirrus, uh, from JJ Cott and Casey, and, uh, you know so getting her to do some work for sourcepoint was something i was very 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 happy and proud that we were able to accomplish cuz obviously i'm on the canada side of things right i'm trying to push this sourcepoint north thing as hard as i can so i'm going to be a little bit biased so um you know but just just the fact of her notoriety um growing at a pace that it is and she's an editor you know she's also been a writer in the past but she's also uh, the force behind wayward sisters are you familiar with that anthology
1: I think I've heard the name, I don't know that I've ever read it
0: Yeah, it won the Schuster Award for Best Anthology this year uh, Joe Schuster Awards are Canada's equivalent of the Eisners um, And uh, it won Best Anthology And what it is is Monster Stories by Monstrous Women So it's all stories by women or people who identify as women um, Creating monster stories And it's a beautiful, beautiful anthology And it won some awards this year And she was the driving force behind that And that spun out of her writing and editing work on the toronto comics anthology that i mentioned earlier so this all came through and chip was like yeah i'm gonna put together this fucking superstar goddamn fucking toronto fucking mega force five squad and they did this fucking book called afterlift and i encourage you to go to comicsology and check it out it's fucking crazy so uh you know it's awesome and when the guys like chip when they get to the top they don't forget and they bring them all up you know what i mean
1: yeah, and that's the thing is this this medium only survives if we help the people that are coming up still, like like yeah for sure. You 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 can't forget about where you came from because everybody started just doodling in 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 their notebooks or or you know jotting down random ideas somewhere. You know that's that's where everybody started. And you know I talk like I've been doing this forever, but uh, I've been around it enough to know like like I've I've been blessed to have to to have made amazing friendships in this industry uh with with you know people at every level um and you know times where you you forget that you're talking to somebody who's like a major comics book. at at Derek and mel's wedding at wedcon you know sitting there talking to stegman and somebody comes up and like fanboys out over him and i'm just like but it but it but it but it's stickman yeah (laughs) it's just ryan what what are you doing (laughs) see
0: you know what's funny is chip kind of had that reputation as being wacky and zany here in toronto there was a there was a couple years where he wasn't quite seeing eye to eye with doing fan expo so he decided to have zadarsky con so he set up a table on the street corner out front fan expo <laughs> and called it Zdarsky Con. <laughs> he got heard about that. And then he also and then it continued on in his hotel. So in his hotel room one year he held Zadarsky Con. <laughs> <laughs> oh I love that guy. Such a nutter, man. It's fucking great. So, so well, when does the Kickstarter begin?
1: Uh the Kickstarter will be uh January twenty eighth. It will be starting. Oh, that's very soon. It's right around the corner. Yep, yep. It's this has been uh in, in the process for, for a year. Uh the the wonderful thing is is um you know, barring any maybe You know, stretch goals that maybe happen that that maybe create some extra stories in them. Uh, The art is all done like it's. Oh, that's a
0: nice place to be in. Yeah. Now you just need the money to print it. Right.
1: Yep. Yep. This is this is basically the the money to print it and and good to go. Um, You know, there'll be stretch goals and there might be a there might be a couple extra story stretch goals in there. Who knows? maybe well that could be exciting what
0: What kind of rewards are on the uh the just the setup tiers
1: Uh, so we've got some great stuff Uh, obviously a digital version of the book the 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 physical version um there's going to be uh mini prints um and this is mostly for shipping because one of the things that i i that drives me crazy with kickstarters and it's just a personal thing um prints are so hard to ship because if you do like an 11 by 17 print you have to either roll it or this or that, and it just doesn't, or or the, it throws the complete you know the shipping costs way off. Um, but what I'm going to do is, is each of the covers, because every story has its own cover as well, so it's like its own self-contained comic book within the right within the mm-hmm. anthology. Um, all the covers will be mini prints, like six by nine mini prints. So oh, that's cool. Bought the same size as the book. And they can be in there, and they 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 ship flat. They they can be put in there and protected, just like the book is. Um, so that so those will be one of the rewards. Um, we've got a number of pins. Uh, because you know pins are super hot I love pins myself
0: me too uh, man my my, you beige. know my fedora you know my fedora right like my beige oh, yeah. fedora yeah the one side I've pretty much got it covered up in pins and you know what I found um, at a show I was at a toy show uh, a couple weeks ago and it's really itty bitty tiny but a little silver pin of a doozer head. You know, from Fraggle Rock, oh, it's just I'm literally not. the head of a doozer. It is such an awesome little pin. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, but so we'll ta- we're taking some of the assets out of the books or related to the to the stories and, and making pins of those. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have uh, some stickers. Uh, one of the things uh, we're pulling out, and basically I kind of wanted to take some of the things and, and make them tangible out of the stories. Um and it being video games, what we're gonna do is uh, on the cover of Save and Continue, which is Robin Kalin's story, the character, the, the main character is holding an NES cartridge um, with like the the main antagonist in the story on this cover. So basically, Kalin took that art from like where the art would be on the NES cartridge and you know scaled yeah. it down, it scaled it up, made it. So we're gonna print that sticker and put it on a physical NES cartridge.
0: Nice. <laughs> so, so that
1: will be a it's it's a reward. Um, and then uh, we're gonna a bunch of the artists are gonna do some commissions in there. So right on. Uh, yeah. So a, a number of different cool things, and then you know, that's really exciting, man. We'll be out there. And, probably unlock some of these things you know I I'm kind of, you might not get all of the pins right away you might have to earn them a little bit you know i'm,
0: I'm kind of mean <laughs> you got to space it out you can't just you know shoot that old load at once right yeah.
1: so it's yeah it's, it's it's pretty simple and straightforward i don't i didn't want to go too crazy with it you know I, I i had some great ideas for some things um there may be some decals that that pop up here or maybe even a t-shirt um, well, it's a pretty impressive,
0: it's, and impressive endeavor for your first time around, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And we'll we'll do, uh, because it's, it's something that I, I think is, is worthwhile, especially when you're independent, is doing a retailer tier. Yeah, yeah. i copies of the book uh, for retailers only.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just because
1: it, inc- it includes those retailers and it gets them that ability and stuff like that to, to stock up at a decent price and everything. Love it. Thinking
0: of everybody, Pat. Chiar. well that's very very exciting i'm really really honestly looking forward to this man Uh, i love the idea i love the concept and like i said i'm quite familiar with at least 80 percent of those names you named and uh uh, you know that's that's a lot of talent coming through and uh it's exciting to see some new stuff that may come out of there maybe some uh, brand new superstars will explode through uh getting the game you know
1: I hope so. That that would be that would be amazing.
0: Well, it's good on you for giving them the opportunity, Pat, and it's about time that uh, you made a comic book, just like I've been hearing it too for years, Jay. When are you going to get off your ass and make your own comic book? I've had one idea for a comic book now for the past like 3-4 years that I still can't let go of. So maybe one day I will find the time to make it actually happen um but kudos on you man it's uh it's not easy especially with all the other crap that all of us seem to have going on these days uh to take something like that on your plate you know so but uh January 28th the kickstarter begins everybody pay attention an elegant weapon will be shooting that shit out all over the place so make sure that uh you support all these up and comers uh support uh, Pat and his very well-intentioned endeavor um this is uh, this is a good mission. It's a good mission from Gad to be on, Pat, and uh I greatly appreciate you doing it. And uh like I say, it's super exciting. Video game anthology, um, you know, how can you go wrong, right?
1: No, absolutely. So I appreciate the the support and everything, and you, you, you're such a great advocate for independent comics. so... Well, I, you know, I,
0: I preach what I love, man. So, uh, you know, and I just love that you're diving into this head first. I'm very excited to see
1: how it goes, man. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't crack my skull yeah. on the bottom of the pool.
0: Well, good luck, <laughs> sir, and thank you very much for hanging out with us this week. Thanks for having me. Kids, uh, get in the game, January 28th, Kickstarter. That is Pat Kawula. Uh, that's all we're going to have this week on an elegant weapon. That's it is